Episode 59, I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinitsky. How are you, sir? Good. Fabulous. Um, we didn't do a beer topic last time just because we were kind of easing into it, but we do have one that you brought this time. I what got, is it? I it got looks, a, is it a squealer? It's like an oil can. So. Ah, okay. I got an oil can here of uh, Wooden Hill Cold Shoulder, Cold Swift the K. It's a Kelsch. <laughs> so... I feel like if Trig designed it. a can, it would look like that. Yeah, yes. so it's uh, it's Kolsch, so it's going to be good. Ah! <laughs> Ow. <laughs> I'm sorry, I made the mic clip super bad, but that thing went everywhere. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you ruined my cat sweatshirt. It wasn't my fault. Blame one hill. Oh, God. Fuck you guys. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna go this clean is my up my cum shot. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, we have the the beer can bukkake hour. <laughs> it got all over my party cat shirt. <laughs> that is an adorable shirt, by the way. Uh, should I show the camera since Ryan has to clean me up? Oh my now goodness, Jenna, that's sweatshirt. amazing. Thanks. It was a birthday present. That's what we get for trying to make the beer sound so tasty. Uh, I was telling you guys last episode. I went back and listened to episode five, and yeah. uh. We that was I think the first or the second one we did the beer segment on, and we spent like twenty minutes talking about the beer that time. Like this is very enjoyable. (laughs) (laughs) Oh god! Oh man! Can I have that paper towel? Got on my neck. Give me another one. You might also want to grab one of the glasses from on top of the fridge. They should be rinsed, but. Yeah. Or if you just want to drink out of the can, that's fine. That's what I was going to do, but... Well, then, do you want to fill up my completely normally sized uh, beverage drinking glass? Yeah, sure. I'll top you off. Just, uh... I'll, just put, put, I'll put a little bit in. Yeah, just a little. Obviously, don't top it off, but... <laughs> so water in there. <clears throat> that's fine. Yeah, well, I'm not sure how much water that is, so... It could be enough to throw off the flavor. Uh-oh, yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> It's good beer. John, are you happy that I fixed the color temperature on my camera? <clears throat> it was Ooh. overfilled. It, it's still that that is it is brimmed. Yeah. That wasn't your fault. That was the Oh. Cranked up the mic for this. <laughs> oh sweet happy god. <laughs> Could use a tad bit more contrast. Oh, thank you, sir. Oh, right on the trackpad. Whatever, go. that's cleanable. Hmm. The money shot. Yeah. Mmm, <sighs> has a pretty nice aroma to it. Pretty good head on it. That's a really smooth colch. It's it's a little bit hoppier than normal than I would have imagined. I don't know if I get that from it. Well, maybe a little bit. A little bit more. It's like a dry hop. It's a dry hop, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mmm. Mmm, delicious. Yeah, that's very smooth. Thank you for bringing that. I smell like beer. We all do. Yeah, that's uh, uh, alleged uh, claim here. Anyway, I suppose we can get into a car topic, eh? Yes. I mean, this beer is good. If we think of more things, we can bring it up about the beer, but... Um, you, uh, the first one's you, looks like. Yes, um, all right, so, looks like they, there's a, kind of been a big, I'm not sure if anybody here is familiar with the term jailbreaking or anything like that. Um, Or like rooting on an Android, right? Yeah, rooting on an Android. Um, it's called, uh, the right to repair, uh, which is, um, a lot of companies lock down their computer systems and stuff and say, if you don't have us and our factory technicians repair this well you're breaking copyright law um, the dmca and, yeah and then they can actually like sue you for that yeah so um famously john deere did this with their tractors recently too if i'm, uh, if I'm yeah right. it was around their early 2000s where uh farmers could no longer fix their tractors i thought it was like 2015 mm, it was it was it was um no they uh 
huh. received an exemption from the law in 2015, but they I, I thought been, it was the same year they implemented yeah. it, though. No, they've, I think they've been trying to do that since, oh, since like okay. 2000. It's really, it's a really, really gross thing. I picture farmers with like old Panasonic tough books and like really nasty cables plugged into like <laughs> alligator clips on their John Deere RS. <laughs> I'm like, just like, hey, what the hell is this sort of TLS encryption? <laughs> ah, cotton picking. <laughs> yeah. So no, basically what it is is it requires. Uh, it requires you to take your your products in for a factory repair. Um, Which is this expensive as all hell and inconvenient. Yeah, you're right. Um, so what this is is it's a um, it, that is a a portion of digital copyright law where you can now copyright the software, not just the physical thing. Um, mm-hmm. And with that any modification in that would be um, illegal. Right, because it would be like a modification of intellectual property or something like that. That's exactly it. Some garbage. And uh, General Motors has actually been trying to do this really hard with their cars, and this is why General Motors will forever not be. Yeah. But, well, yeah, Apple. No, this was a big thing back when iPhones were being jailbroken. I remember that. Lots of lawsuits. But no, General Motors did that, where what General Motors is trying to do, and they've done this a few times, is variations of you cannot take your car to a, another mechanic. You have to take it to a GM dealership and use GM-only parts and nothing aftermarket. Makes me sick to my ass. Yeah, it's a disgusting, disgusting thing. Um, it is pure corporate greed. However, uh, and a rare piece of good news in this era of a corporate greed run amok, um, U.S. Copyright Office actually kind of gave advocates of right to repair um, and we should explain right to repair. Really big. When? Yeah, right to repair means that. was that a, a piece of legislation implemented about 10 years ago. started from the East Coast at a state level, and then it became a federal law. Mm-hmm. So the right to repair basically requires a manufacturer to allow you to purchase the factory tools to yes. maintain and repair something you've purchased from them Yes. for up to three years. I believe. I Maybe think it's longer three, than that even. Three years between. That could be. For like a license, yeah. But yeah, it was, this was introduced in opposition to the 2000 DMCA, Digital yeah. Copyright Act. And this is kind of riding on the heels of that. Yeah. And so basically what it's saying is that you can now, you know, y- you can now fix things yourself. But not only that, for car people, what this actually really matters for, just to get to the bottom of it, aftermarket tuning. So stuff like Cobb access ports and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Ford's been fighting tooth and nail about Cobb being able to use access ports on their software. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's it, on Ford's part. It's a really greasy thing to do because uh, I, you know, I, I feel everybody, every single person that's ever purchased a car, once you purchase that car, that's your thing to do. Yeah, and like it's, if I want to crack the encryption on this thing, and you should mess be around, able to. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that, yeah, you spent like. Upwards to like five figures on your car, yeah, yeah. Usually, yeah. I mean, if you spend that much like money on something, you own it, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Like, you own this product. Imagine and telling anyone that's like America that, like, you can't, you can't use your own stuff, yeah, like, oh, I can't do what, son, yeah, no, that's... I think that's exactly what happened. We're like, yeah. wait, we can't do our own stuff to our what, yeah, yeah. that that's exactly kind of what happened. It's a Absolutely disgusting thing. Every single person who uh, disagrees with right to repair, mm-hmm. uh, they are just a greedy corporate snob. That's that. Th- there's no arguing that. Like Anyone there's that nothing... disagrees with it. Yeah, it yeah. stands to make a profit on the end user. Oh yeah, yeah. that's exactly it. It's like people who are. It's like somebody that's against net neutrality. Mm-hmm. Like the only person that's against net neutrality is somebody who works for Xfinity. Posh. Yeah, and Is Agi- he dead yet? Yeah, I really hope so. Me too. Um, I will say, whoever does the job, I'll give him a motor cult sticker. <laughs> um, I'm not telling you to do that, but I will give you a motor cult motor sticker. Motor cult does not officially endorse killing anyone. Yeah, I do not officially endorse killing anybody, but... It's a figure might, of If you were going to go after somebody, if you were going to go to prison anyway, just... Yeah, if, you're, if you were going to do it, Ajit Pai, he's he's right up there. That guy, or like Martin Shkreli and Ajit Pai. Yeah. Or anybody who is pro uh, DMCA against right to repair. Um, right. But no, so basically the U.S. Copyright Office said that there's an exemption for um, it, any device that can do this. Um, 
like it was originally for Apple iPhones, but this also goes to cars as well that you have the right to yep. jailbreak something and do whatever you want with it. Um, so it basically, you know, it, it's for people that are just trying to repair their stuff. And some of those things where it's like, there are plenty of things on Audis. Like we had a customer at work, that LCD screen on his stupid dashboard went out. Like and, the, the cluster or something Yeah, else? the cluster, the little LCD display. Oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah, just wanted one. it to work and he had a warranty that would do it. We couldn't do it at our shop. We only work on Volkswagens. We have every piece of Volkswagen software that's available over the, that like they will sell a, a shop. We sure. have every single one. I'm sure most of it can be done with a Rod, Rostec Vagcom. But. Yeah. But this one, um, you would have to take it to Audi for them to do it. Hmm. It is a $1,600 unit. Everything works except for the LCD display for a, the uh, gauge uh, cluster. Uh, back up one second. Liquid crystal display display? Well, I'm just saying. I'll, I understand. Yeah. Um, it's all for the LCD screen. So that, is it a unit that is the cluster, or it's built it in? Just... It's built into the cluster. And so, so was uh, it like a, a ribbon cable that failed, or was it the backlighting? No, it, was, it, it just yeah. We we don't know yet because we couldn't get into it. Can't put a used cluster in it. No, because it's got an immobilizer. It requires Audi's special tool. Right. Oh, I suppose. Well, you but but the Audi dealer could put in a used one. Yeah, like on BMWs, yeah, there's a handshake between like five modules that has to verify the mileage and the VIN. Yeah. It's the same type of thing. So Audi can do that, but we can't. Okay. There used to be a guy in town that did that. um, And he would repair, uh, he would replace these LCD screens in Audis. Okay. And he actually got shut down because of DCMA. And it's it's worth DMCA. noting those Audi LCDs lose pixels like crazy every day. I've yeah. seen probably five of them that actually work. Just like the mid '90s BMWs, it's the yeah. same thing. It's got to be a ribbon cables, the solder letting go. Yeah, it's the the but because of the DMCA, this guy was actually sent a cease and desist from Audi, and he no longer can do it. That's so stupid. Yeah. But does this legislation allow him to maybe start again? Yes. Good. That's what this. That's what this is going to do. Um... Well, it's not even really uh, legislation. It's just it, what this is. It's uh, it, it is, I guess, not really an amendment, but it's it's basically a uh, statement from the U.S. Copyright Office saying right. that there is an exemption for this because this is getting ridiculous. Right, and it's not going to get better. I mean, no. companies like Tesla too. This is going to be huge for Teslas. Yeah, is it'll let people legally hack into their Tesla. And, and Tesla, we were talking about this the yep. other day. Tesla only allows a handful of people to have Correct. Tesla parts. Yeah. Correct. And so now it's going to force the company to, you know, do this. And it's nice when they're held accountable, so I'm excited for that. You know, it's one of those things where I don't care if it voids the warranty. All right. <laughs> like, I just want to be able to do it without getting sued. <laughs> right. Like, that's it. Like, keep your fucking warranty. There's my one F-bomb. Um, <laughs> All right. Keep your warranty. And just let me fix my car. Because I don't want to have to pay one of your goons like $1,600 for an LCD display that looks like it came off a Motorola Razor from 2004. <laughs> like, that's just not that worth it. That is not it to fair me. to the Razor, right? No, <laughs> that's true. That was a groundbreaking phone. The resolution 14 was like years 120 ago. by 200 on that thing. Yeah. Way higher than that. Yeah, four, 14 years ago. Right. But um, <laughs> it's just so stupid on. In a car manufacturer's part. Well, anyway, good on legislation. Good on, yeah, good, for at, good on the copyright of office. Yes. Ridiculous stuff. Uh, all right. Well, I want to talk about automatics. Yuck. Why? <laughs> I was really hoping you, was gonna, you were going to say that. Uh, this specifically pertains to <clears throat> uh, just two pedal transmissions. So I'm oh, not talking geez. EVs, I'm not talking manuals, I'm talking torque converter automatics, <sighs> dual clutch in a wet dual-clutch automated manuals and single-clutch automated manuals. Okay. Dual-clutches were all the rage like 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they still are pretty popular today, but I feel like it's less so. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of the models that were like first to get dual-clutches... No longer have them. Their replacement models now have torque converter automatics again. Weird. Which, uh, my speculation is, the torque converter automatic in that time got faster. Yes. Cheaper to maintain, lower emissions, and yes. probably is even lighter weight now than a good dual clutch. So yeah, like, dual clutches suck. What I want to know is, do you guys uh, uh, suspend disbelief? I know we all hate automatics here, which is why we're all here. Yeah. If you had to pick between 
just say a run-of-the-mill brand new car, like say a uh, Infiniti Q50, yeah, three-liter turbo. Would you pick a eight-speed Eisen or a ZF automatic with good coating, you know, good auto tuning? Would you pick a seven-speed dual clutch, or would you pick a seven-speed automated single clutch manual? I will take the first option, the automatic, the torque converter, the auto. torque converter auto, and why? Because that technician, that technology has been around for. 75 plus years. So you're, you're doing it's it proven. because it's going to be reliable. It's going to be reliable. Yeah. And being the fan of weird old cars I am, yeah. I've seen this happen time and again through history. Weird. Like new transmission designs coming and going? Yeah. Yeah, weird. What's, what I want to bring up as an example is Renault, the mm-hmm. Renault 8, and the Renault 8 ferromagnetic clutch. Oh. We talked about this in yep. interesting engineering. That is a hell of a mind job. So that was a kind of a it was it was a clutch pedalist right. on man, or yep. manual transmission. Um, however, that did not catch on. And do you okay. know why? Probably wasn't very reliable. No, it wasn't at all. Because <laughs> if you had even the slightest loss of ferromagnetic uh, dust, then you're not going to be able to have electrical continuity through that. Or if you have right. the slightest amount of corrosion, you're not going to have electrical continuity. Huh. Which means you don't have a clutch. <laughs> Weird. Which means you'll just be grinding. Yeah, you'll be grinding Grind every until year. You find it. And right. so, is that because it was French or because it was a stupid technology? Stupid technology, okay, not French. Because cool. the French also made the two CV, which is endless and reliable. Vehicle. Yes. Um, but no, this is the thing. Whenever there's some whiz bang technology, I'm always a yeah. little leery of it. Like I'm, I'm a fan of it. Like at a first glance, like, I think it's kind of sure. cool. But well, it's just like it, but... I like the hype of it. But that's it. Is it's hype like. You know, I I really love touch CRT screens like they had in the Buick Riata, <laughs> but do I want one? No, probably not. No, in your daily not, not my daily driver. No, I will take a Buick Riata, but not one as my daily. <laughs> I would not take a Buick Riata, but okay. So you're doing it because it's a proven technology. It's reliable. Yes, because you're going to own the car for a while. Yeah, but like people leasing cars, they don't know about these issues. They don't know about mechatronic services and the fluid. Oh changes. no! I, even people that don't lease and that buy them used don't but know about it. The thing is, the main reason I think I would take a torque converter auto over a dual clutch is the low speed driving characteristic. That that's the thing. It's that's what I was talking about with the the Jedi drove. Yeah, because like that was a dual clutch. I think it, it must have been. It felt okay. like it. It, it. It drove like garbage. And that it probably a, was. And most, but dude, mo- I've, I've never been in a dual clutch where I. Like, didn't hate how it drove. A dual clutch in traffic's worse than, like, an SMG. Oh, my God, yeah. Because, like, an SMG is at least, like, a manual with the computer doing the clutch. And, like, actually, that's what it's best at, I think. Traffic. Yeah, no. Uh, it Miguel, screws up the least. Miguel's <laughs> daily driver is uh, smart with SMG. Yeah. And, no, I actually like driving that. That's nice. Because I can, Cause least... you can work with it to yeah. get the most out of it. Yeah, like, that. that's doable. But with a lot of these dual clutches, um, namely the Volkswagen ones... The um, DSG. Yeah. The well, true DSG. The D- oh, <laughs> DSG. When you, so when they drive normally, they yeah. feel like garbage. Yeah. And they're very uncomfortable and they tear themselves to pieces. The only thing they're good at is fast shifting. Yes. And that's it. And even then for a short period of time, because it eventually you'll fly apart. Right. Uh, and then when you put it into manual mode, you still destroy it. It's yeah. just like every, every setting on that, it and breaks it's not it. not just the transmission either. Cause to your point, the dual clutch, when yeah. you put it into like the manual mode, and it's like trying to be as fast as it can. Yeah. Just imagine what's going on to your timing chain inside your engine. Like how much force is just being railed onto your timing chain, guys? Yeah. Like I, I don't have anything to back this up, but I'm betting a PDK 911 GT3 and a GT3 Touring with a seven-speed manual. Yeah. The timing chain guides with equal maintenance will last like at least 50% longer in the manual car. Yeah. And the tensioners too, because I mean, every time you pop that paddle and the thing shifts in like a five milliseconds or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. Like that, that chain is just, a, the forces must be unreal because all that valve train mass, the camshafts, the crank, yeah. everything is just like instantly slowing down. No, it really is. It's, That's, it just makes me feel really icky. It's but, like, but, like every day you start your car instead of using your starter, you bump start it. Yeah, like, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. That's it's what like you're the, doing. all the drivetrain lash. Like it's just not good for it. Sure, no. in a pinch. Sure, fine. Yeah, fine. I but just, like that the auto, the it torque makes converter, me very uncomfortable. Even yeah. in a modern one, the shifts are that fast. But what they do is they momentarily unlock the torque converter during the shift. Sometimes, not yeah. always. The ZFs I don't think do this, but 
that alone would cushion so much of that feedback into the engine. Yeah. No, you're, not to mention, you're right about that. It still has a torque converter. So if you're in traffic, I mean, there was only, it's, I, I hate automatics, but I mean, you either should have an electric car or a torque converter auto if you're sitting at bumper to bumper. Yeah, that's line. it. You have a manual, electric car, torque converter. Those are the three things. All Pretty these much. other whiz-bang automatics, just, they don't matter to me. Like, I just, I, I would be genuinely curious. Like, somebody that I will commutes, take, a, actually, to be honest, I will take a CVT over a DSG. Well, it's any true. Day. A lot of CVTs have a torque converter in them. Yeah, but I'm, that, that's how that's how yeah. uncomfortable I'm with the oh, technology. Sure. Yeah. But anyway, continue. Me too. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of that is low-speed characteristics, because every time I drive, like, my boss's truck, which is an F15 X5M 2015, mm-hmm. it's got a dual clutch. And, like, I get in that thing, I put it in reverse with that robot penis shifter thing, and, like, it doesn't move. It doesn't have creep, which I kind of like. But then you touch the gas just a little bit, and the clutch just, like, bangs in. Like, it's, like, full speed, like, fully engaged. Yeah. yeah. And, like, it's a wet clutch. So, like, if you're slipping a wet clutch in traffic, that fluid's going to get super contaminated. Yeah. You have to replace clutch backs like crazy. And then a lot of these people say that they're lifetime you know transmission fluid right and on a dual clutch that's ridiculous because it's the same problem as an automatic where if you start contaminating the fluid all those mechatronic valve bodies they get that debris in it and it just starts pitting and sandpapering away yeah Yeah. and then you have to replace the whole transmission and you know i think that's why they say it's a lifetime because they just know it's not gonna last any longer than fifty thousand miles it's probably cheaper yeah well i mean to be honest it'd probably be cheaper you drain transmission fluid up a new tranian yeah better than Having to go through all the garbage. To, have you ever done, done a DSG service? Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, you have to wait till they're ice cold. On an FSI. Then they have two different fluids in them. It's so stupid. Oh, yeah, they get the mechatronic fluid and they've got the gearbox oil. It's so stupid. I, You know, another thing I'm going to say is if you look at drag racing, which is perennially, you know, the best of in- engineering, um, the fastest things in the world are manual transmissions and the two-speed power glide yeah, power and glides. then maybe a really really well-built th400 but the thing is you know it, it's the torque converters and then you have yeah, you don't see dsgs flying down the drag strip it's not for lack of trying no because there's lots of companies with evos with oh, gtis <laughs> yeah. uh with here's to you dan balto with lamborghinis and stuff <laughs> yeah that use the Audi. those guys yeah. it's fun watching those uh standing mile videos or whatever yeah. with the hurricane guys yeah. they're like what's your strategy i'm like i'm gonna get it up into fifth on partial throttle and then i'm gonna mat it I'm like why because the transmission will fly apart if i full throttle shift yeah exactly like, well <laughs> i can see that <laughs> yeah that's kind of how you do it it's um but no, that's the thing. It's like none of those cars with one of those whiz-bang transmissions do anything. Like they're made for exactly that power band and to last within that warranty parameter. Yep. And after that, there's going to be none left. I feel like, okay, so my example in the, the notes here is the new G90 M5, the brand new one. Yes. They went from, it was an optional six-speed manual or a seven-speed dual clutch, or maybe it was an eight-speed. And now they have an eight-speed auto only. And I really lament the fact that they took the manual option away. Yeah. But they went to an auto, auto probably yeah. because they understand that you're losing almost nothing and you're gaining a ton of drivability yes. and reliability. Because, I mean, those things were failing within warranty periods on the old M5s. I think that's why they did that. Is they were getting hosed. Right. <laughs> yeah, like it was... and I'm surprised they haven't done anything with the V8 engine because that is also getting a lot of failures within warranty periods. Yeah, and the a... fact that any aftermarket warranty will underwrite any of these cars still is amazing to me. The, they will, but you have to look at the price you. at your point. Right. You're paying because, like, <laughs> famously one of the least reliable vehicles ever, a Range Rover, mm-hmm. um, for the same warranty that I had for my car, which is uh, twelve hundred dollars. Was it a bumper to bumper warranty? No, it was lubricated parts only. Oh, <laughs> oh that's not good. I was, fr- I was friends with the finance guy while we were. Um, while we were waiting for my for my financial stuff to come through, yeah. uh, we were hanging out and just kind of dinking around with the configurator for that warranty. Yeah. Found the most expensive one we could find <laughs> was for a Range Rover HSV uh, it, with implied 160,000 miles on it. They wanted like $4,900 for a lubricated parts warranty. For how long? <laughs> for like 48 months. Like nothing. <laughs> I mean, the engine and transmission will go wrong in that time, so you need yeah, to do it. But you really do. Woo. I mean, that's those aftermarket warranties are real. I would never have bought one ten years ago. But like, if I bought any of these modern vehicles, like anything with a two O, mm-hmm. 
anything with a modern V8, just no. Yeah. Just I, like you would, you need a warranty. I'm happy I got mine with my car. Yeah. Because yeah, I paid for my transmission. That's huge. Like that was really, really, really massive. It's a lower mile trans. Does it shift a lot better now? Oh my god, it's so nice. <laughs> How was being able to use second gear again? That's the best. Uh, <laughs> no grinding. No, not, not, not only that. Like, it, it honestly, if if you drive a manual Mazda five, like you will get all the hype over Mazda and fully understand it. Because when you're leaving a stoplight and you get that first second shift perfect, you have no loss in power band, and it just keeps going, and it feels like you have a whole another like it. You sorry, a whole new gear. Thank you. Like. <clears throat> That just that one gear just continuously goes like and it's a CVT, kind of. But like you're constantly building RPM. That's how it feels. Sure. It's just fantastic. And you don't you can shift that quick enough that you don't have any like you don't feel it. Right. Uh, and that that transmission just holds. And it's great. And uh, you know Excellent. at the end of the at the end of the day, if you're asking me, if I could have two cars for free, if I could have a G90 M5 with an automatic transmission of BMW V8 or a manual Mazda 5 with 177,000 miles oh, on it, I'm going to be taking that BMW and watching it go away in my rear, my rear mirror that will soon fall off my Mazda 5. Yeah, so, but it will have a locked up engine with coolant in the oil and like turbo failure. So the the transmission will be okay because they've we, really figured those out now. But yeah, yeah I figured out that. But um, oh, another thing that uh, you also don't want to deal with is anything with electronic parking brakes. Oh my word, yes. We had a uh, <sighs> we had this lady at work. And are who, you talking about like the Audi kind where they have a servo on the caliper? Or yeah. Are you talking the kind that locks all the solenoids in the ABS pump? Uh servo on the caliper. Okay, those are really bad, Minnesota. Yeah, that really we had bad. a uh, a lady who bought an S8 to flip. I don't understand what she was trying to gain Dude, from I this. I looked up the value of this car. I'm like, this, none of this adds up. Like, there's no way. Like, this car's with the mileage that it has, it's like a ten grand car. I don't get it. And it's like, <sighs> anyway, the rear caliper was both. Or no, what happened was the rear caliper's locked up, backfed power into the ABS module on the dashboard, and fried that. Awesome. $2,700 to make the car mobile. <laughs> like, Is that just sawzalling the calipers off the back and zip-tying them up to the frame rail? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was... So what we tried to do is we were going to be like, all right, well, maybe we can just like, just like feed power into it and back it out. No, it doesn't have that. It's got like the weird like computer port, not just like a basic Great. clip. So it's got a, a microcontroller in the caliper. Yeah. Just so stupid. Anyway, the lady was, she started freaking out because, like, now she's upside down in the car. I'm like, yeah. Maybe you shouldn't have bought an S8. I kind of said to her, I'm like, well, you see, this is a car that was $150,000 10 years ago, and right now it's ten grand. Like, you stand to make uh, a moderate profit. Is that a 5.2 ca- car? 4.2. An S8? Oh, no, it's, oh, it's a 5.2. It's a V10. Yeah. 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 It's 5.2. Okay. Sorry. Um... But no, it's uh, yeah, yeah, it's one of those Like you stand to make a moderate profit, but if anything goes wrong, you're dealing with it like on a, a Phaeton, like on a hundred and fifty thousand dollar car scale. Some like it's just like working on a Porsche Boxster S from two thousand. Yeah, I said to her, what I said to her, I'm like, you know, if you want something to flip, go find an old Japanese car. If you want something, go find anything that normally rusts up here in the south. Buy it cheap, bring it up here and sell it. Yeah, exactly. There you go. You're and, done. Buy a third gen Camry wagon with no rust. Like an on. S8, you're not going to gain anything. There's nothing to gain. All the problems will Big, happen anywhere in the world. Yeah, large German luxury cars no. do not age well with profit. No, absolutely not. Large German cars age well if you want to like flex on people. Yeah, like like I want massaging seats and I have five five dollars. Like what do I what do I do? Yeah. Well, you buy an old German luxury car and just hope everything's okay for a little while. Yeah, it's going to be definitely for a little while. The stream just like totally flipped a tip for a second. <laughs> that was rude. Um, but yeah, so this is the thing. Um, yeah, with, with Audis, you know, just don't get them. You know, the only, I think I feel like the only full-size luxury German car I'd ever want is a 560 SEL. Those are pretty reliable. Yeah, short of, it's short of the CIS, like it's a reliable car. And I you get I most take an of the, SDL over an SEL, though. Oh, the 300? 350 because i like pain oh that's true <laughs> the 87 only one that like ovaled the cylinder heads because they bored it out too much oh my 
God. But no. I think they fixed it with like a recall or something. Oh, but yeah, the 350 SDLs are really uncommon because most of them just got like thrown away when they had That's the hilarious. issues back in the day. But they were late. They were like facelift SDLs. So like that'd be really cool, nice. actually. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I want to talk about something else a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Also, Corey says this Twitch stream is boring. Tell Corey to suck. Tell up. Corey to shove it. Sorry, we're not sex tourists. <laughs> Yeah, change your clock to twelve hour time and maybe. Yeah, he's gonna keep his twenty four hour clock so he doesn't he doesn't get confused when he's in Thailand on his sex trips. Anyway, um <laughs> God, that's so vigorous. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, did you hear about Dodge uh, trucks getting drunk and getting sick tribal tattoos? You know, I did. I saw this article midweek last week, and I went to go put it in the notes, and then I saw you had already, already done, done it. it. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, they should just do this as a Just thing. on one half of it? No, I just mirror it on the other half. Because I looked at that, and the first thing I said, if I had this truck, the first thing I would do <laughs> is ask the guy in service, do you have another one in the driver's seat that this happened on? <laughs> he go. Well, this looks like the back seat, right? Yeah. Okay. And, and he would go, why? I'm like, because it looks cool. I want it on the other side, too. And it's too complex or something for me to just figure out on my own. So I, I mean, that must have been. That. No, Jalopnik, no. That must have been like a thing that they developed to put on these trucks. It was for a, some weird trim level in like South America or something. Really? For like a totally different truck. <laughs> and, just that there's a computer error in the machine that made the the seat skins. Okay, sure. And it would print like it on this one. Yeah. <laughs> it, would, it would print it on this one. It was it was meant for like a totally different shape and everything, so it looks a little How did weird. nobody in the assembly line pick up on this? Well, that's the thing. Um you know how like Dodge vehicles are selling super well? Mm-hmm. Dodge has this history of like not really problem solving their cars so like you'll get jeeps with like one black fender on them or something oh this is like teslas yeah kind of like that okay where it's just like they'll <laughs> they'll make a note of it and they'll send it to the dealer and if the guy that pdi's it um you know just doesn't care then it just goes on to the show for like that so that's where it came from that's super weird yeah i know it's, it's super weird it's just a really weird quirk of um yeah just how dodge makes cars Oh, I mean, like, FCA as a whole, kind of. Well, that's the thing. It, this was a thing that happened all the time in America. This would be better with a elephant. Yes, it would be. This would also <laughs> be great with a elephant. Um, <laughs> no, Fucking play, man. Chrysler used to always do this, like, on their cars. Like, you would get, like, GTOs or steering wheels or, like, on, like, at, like a 90-degree angle. 3,000 GTs. Yeah. But, no, not, not, not 3,000 GT. A GTO, a, um, a Pontiac GTO. You just said Chrysler. Oh, shit, it is GM. Shit. Well, it would still happen all the time back then. Like, GTOs would have that happen. Uh, MGs would have different buttons on them and stuff. And that was, like, back in the 60s and 70s. <laughs> This'll do. Yeah. They're like, it's a steering wheel. It works. Fine. We'll, we'll fix it when it gets there. And that's the thing. That's why the pre-delivery inspection was invented, was for stuff like this. And but, so few people take advantage of that, too. Like, when they take delivery of their car... Like when we picked up Scott's Well, no, no, the, the the PDI is, is that, that's what the technician does. Oh, so what yeah. is the one where you before you take delivery? That's of the called car? the delivery. So when you look at the car, yeah, that's called the delivery of the car. Okay, fine. Yeah, the during deliver- that, we yeah. had like seven items on Scott's Fiat. They're like, you gotta fix this. Yeah, no, that's I mean that's a thing that happens. It's Good. very common with Italian they cars. They were taken and, aback. Yeah. we asked them to like fix the bubbles in the factory applied graphics on the side. And there was like a dent in the door already. Like, this is a brand new car. We'd like for it to and be they, brand new. They were taken aback. They were it? like shocked that we wanted them to like do things before we took what? it. What? But we took the car. We just got it in writing and had them fix it. But like, <laughs> the thing, they like went to the dealer seven times. Well, that's the thing that it doesn't count for the salesperson's sale until you actually deliver it. So it's really annoying. But well, um, we took delivery, but we yeah. had to fix it after the fact. But no, that's the thing. That's what you have to do. And then, well, Oops. salespeople always get really weirded out because they're afraid that you're going to, like, kill them on the survey for it. And it's just, no, don't kill them on the survey. Like, it's just, it's, it's a thing that happens. It's out of their control. Right. That's just how Chrysler is, or Fiat, or Pontiac, or <laughs> like, MG. You guys took it off the truck and brought it here. It's fine. Yeah, I get like, it. you didn't do that. Like, you don't work at the factory floor. And if your name is Cletus and you've got three teeth and you're having, heading your work for BMW, no, I might these be are made in Toluca, Mexico. Yeah, so it's but, probably Jose. Yeah. So that's the thing. I don't know. It's, it's a very common thing that happens uh, today at Chrysler more than anybody else, but really used to always happen. And 
Yeah, quality assurance is so much better now than it used to be. Well, for most companies, not Chrysler. (laughs) Across the board. I mean, yeah, Chrysler is bad now, I guess. I mean, according to Consumer Reports, it's bad now. But, like, it's not nearly as bad as it used to be. No, no, no. Remember when the Diablo came out? And, like, just when that was on the beginning edge of the Chrysler days? I mean, granted, they had a lot of stuff to fix from prior ownership, but, like, that car. Well, if you ever ask Awesome about his uh, Countach... He'll tell you about like, oh, I had like three different fasteners on my screws on like one oh, door sill. Yeah. <laughs> like they were like, we ran shoot. out of coarse thread screws. Just go get some. Yeah, exactly. That's literally what they the do. And then store had uh, security torques. And then it's if fine. you would go under the dashboard of a Lamborghini from the eight from the seventies, they would switch colors halfway through in the wiring harness because they'd run out of that color and they just continue the production line. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Rolling changes to a whole new level. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And they just wouldn't tell anybody, so just like you're looking at, like you're trying to fix a wiring problem like 30 years later, and then it goes, all right, red and white, red and white goes through a harness. That red and white one at the harness was spliced at the factory. Probably like right at the bulkhead, so you don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, like right at the bulkhead, you don't know. You're red and white, red and white, red and white. Why green is this, and purple. Why is this green and purple here? Red, green, red. What the hell? <laughs> Thank you, Lamborghini, for being very Italian. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's just Dodge being Italian. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about somebody that's Let's talk not... about somebody that is not doing the Italian yes. thing. Let's talk about South Koreans, because yeah. they mean it. They mean it like Lexus meant it in the early 1990s. So, you guys are aware of the i30N, right? Yes. The hot hatch that we're totally not getting. Let me guess, we're going to get a variant that's like basically the same thing, but has way less rear visibility. Yeah, we're getting mm. hit the Veloster. <laughs> I don't care. I want the i30. No, no, no. But see, this car, the new Veloster N that is coming to our country on the same platform, has factory anti-lag. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So that's all, like all the Mark IV cool Vape Bros can take 80-month loans out on these and not blow up their KO3s because it's designed to do it. That's true, yeah. Not no, actually, that is exclusively who's going to buy these. No, nah, it's not going to be Mark III Vape Bros. Mark IV. Or, sorry, Mark IV Vape Bros. It's going to be uh, 2OT Vape Bros that just blew oh, up their car. Oh, Focus not... ST Vape Bros. No, no, 2OT. Oh, GTI? Yeah, GTI okay. Vape Bros. That, like, now their timing chains are coming due, and it's, like, <laughs> time to get rid of their, like, eighth car They're going to take a $2,000 trade-in on their car and yeah, it's, do the 80 I, I don't understand how end. people can do that, just get, like, one after another, after another, after another. It's just really expensive. Yeah, I, but... I, I just, I don't know, I, I don't like ramen noodles that much. This, this also comes at the six-speed. That's cool. No, I mean, that's really cool. Yeah. It's just, it's got a 2.0T. Oh, wait. I think is they do. Is drive? No, I, I think this is, yeah, it is a 2.0T. Yeah, right. it's a 2.0T. Yeah, it's the Sonata yeah, motor. It's, so. Yeah, it's a Sonata 2.0T, which is carbon build-up. I didn't I didn't actually read this, but I'm I'm assuming it's actually pretty cool. No, no, it's a very cool car. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I wish we had the i30, though, because that's Yeah, that's kind of the thing. It's better. It's kind of like when Honda gave us the Type R. Like, cool, we got the Type R. That's really big now. Yeah, you, you get the Type R like after it's past its prime. It, it, yeah. I feel like this is what that's competing with. I feel like a really tired Type R in ten years is going to be an interesting vehicle. Yeah, that's also going to look really bad in ten years. Like, it's going to look really awful bad. in ten years. No, it, I'm trying to think of a current car. Well, not a current car, but like a car that you could buy right now that is aged that badly. That like on par with how badly the current Civic Type R will be in ten years. No, no, the the, the, the current Civic Type R is going to age about as poorly as like a three thousand GT. I still kind of like those. No, no, I do too. But like a three thousand GT in two thousand eight, yeah, looked horrible. Now it's retro cool. Yeah, okay. It, it was. So you're telling me in twenty years the Civic <laughs> the Type Civic R is, is going to be like, dang awesome. So twenty eighteen. Yeah. Um, I will say any Maserati. <laughs> Historically, Maserati's always been like okay. that. They were so of the era that yeah, they, true. you know, if you don't like 80s cars, then you really hate the bi-turbo. <laughs> if you don't like cars <laughs> yeah. from the 2000s, you really hate the Gran Turismo. I got it. Elephant swapping a bi-turbo. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Yep. There, there you go. we go. There you go. That'd be kind of like the... Um, <laughs> oh, that diff would just explode. No, that, put it into that, even what that would be like, that'd be kind of like doing a Maserati version of a Daytomasa Longchamp. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen the Longchamp? I have only because it's in the notes. Yes, you have. <laughs> However, Jan, I told you about this the other day. Uh, why don't you bring a picture of this? Because this is my... You know, I said the, the, the Ferrari... Uh, 412, like the Amos or whatever it is. Yep. Um, 
the Tori Amos. Yeah, that one. Um, I don't know. I can't remember the name of that company that did it. Ames or something. Anyway, this is... What, just bring up the one from BAT. I had a link. <laughs> like, for this reason. I made it so easy oh, for you. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was looking for it, but it wasn't there. Sorry, the, anyway, the encoding is super struggling. But anyway, um, the Ferrari... 412 the new version of it is my new favorite italian car there we go this is my favorite old italian car this is the performance version um gtse of the line champ look at those campagnolo wheels that looks so cool it's like it looks like a combination of a ferrari 412 like a ford or mercury capri fox body yep and a ta40 celica coupe so yeah. the Celica's from like I feel 80, like you 81. like all of those things. I do like all of those things. It's like a list of my favorite cars. Ooh, there's a Z8 here. Oh, but man. They, um, I got to look at that in a second. Yes, you do. But I, this car just like does it for me. It is so cool looking. Like, it's I definitely sh- got the same taillights as a Pantera, which were takeoffs from some other Italian car. Automatic. Yeah, <gasps> what, it, what are you going to do about it? You know what it is, though? It's going to be a three-speed American Is it going to be a Turbo 400? That just works correctly. And besides, it's got a 351 Cleveland in it, so like it needs to have an automatic. Oh, so it's... oh, It's still based off a Ford engine. Yeah, so it's not a Turbo Hydro, then. It's probably a... ZF or whatever No, they no, used. no. They used a really bad auto in that time. This uh, is probably not good. It doesn't matter. It's like the AOD or whatever. It doesn't matter to me, because it's a Ford V8. You can put in whatever you want. You can put a Tremec top loader. I'm the best forward speed in the world. Four valve, high output. Whoa, that's cool. Four valve pushrod engine. What? No way. All right, I'm okay with that. That's really cool. The seller put in a four speed auto, replacing the original C6 three speed. There you go. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. So it's a four speed auto then. Uh, I want to know more about that engine. Yeah, I'm, we're gonna have to do some research on that. That's actually really cool. Huh. So it's pretty neato. I do like those Campagnolos. I have another set of these. I love the front them. end on that. It looks like a Fox body. Yeah, no, it looks like crossing a Fox body and like my favorite Celica. So So really a good day in your mind. Oh, dude, that's like the best day ever. <laughs> best day at work ever. Yeah, exactly. Oh, good God. Um let's well, talk that... about French cars. Yeah. Okay. So when I was down in Texas picking up the M five, I guess I was telling you guys on the last episode. I used one of those uh, electronic mini scooter things, the limes that are on, you know, littered on every street corner. The things that uh, South Park is making fun of on their episodes. Yeah, they're actually pretty cool. And that company also rents bicycles, and they're getting into cars. Ooh, what kind of cars? And that's why I brought this up. So on the Pacific Northwest in Seattle, I believe it is, they are going to use some French cars. Do you want to hazard a guess as to what that might be? Just rip off the band-aid. Tell me. I'm is, it, is it a... It's a Renault Twizy. <gasps> That's even cooler than a Twizy. Oh the tiny, goodness. dinky electric city car that is now on the The screen. first time Jana ever saw one of those... She, Hold is on. When let she... me tell that okay, story. Okay. So when I was in uh, loading. Uh, Mexico, I think I was in uh, Merida Look is at the this city. Ad. Oh. Uh, I saw a Renault Twizy police vehicle are you kidding me that wouldn't catch anyone even well, on it foot. was it was mostly for like parking violations and stuff because it was uh, a heavily foot trafficked city as opposed to driven sorry i have to wait for this ad to finish so i can turn the stream back on so but, i can tell you guys more about this but yeah that's the first time i saw a twizzy twizzies are twizzy. very interesting vehicles and i'm really excited that these are going to be road legal in the pacific northwest because that means we can definitely buy one off of Lime when they're done with it and bring it here. Yes. I just want to go back to that V8. I did some research. Okay. The four valve was in the Ford Mustang Cobra Jet. It's a four valve. It's a four valve overhead. per cylinder overhead, over, overhead valve. I, I need to know more about this. That's incredible. It's just the head that is a four valve. So I imagine it probably has like a split rocker or something. It pushes probably. down. Yeah. But that's really cool. That, there's going to be so much going on in that thing. I want to pull oh. the valve cover off. Oh. Okay, I really hate the drive. I'm going to use my 1F on. Fuck you, drive. I can't even get back to the story. Anyway, uh, it's a Renault Twizy. They're adorable. Uh, Lime is going to use them to rent out as like non-ownership commuter vehicles. How I would like those, to have showed you. but How are those federally legal? Did they crash system? They might have. If they did, 
I'm buying one. Exactly. That's like, what, that's I what it, really that's, want that. That's what I'm getting at. Like, the fact that they are going to use Twizzies means that they will be legal to drive on U.S. roads if they're legal in the Pacific Northwest for whatever reason, even with fleets, they're legal for us to drive. I will be buying one. That will be literally every car I own for the foreseeable future. Can we Amazon future. Prime them? I like don't know. The are they two-seaters or one-seaters? I, I think they're two. They're but two. They're, they're front back. They're not side-to-side two-seaters. That's fine. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure they're two-seaters. But uh, anyway, I would like to show you that article, but it's broken, so I can't. So No, guess, it's totally fine. I'm you're just, up for... <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, <laughs> lo- I'm looking up the, um, <clears throat> the, the Twizzy. Uh, <laughs> one second here. It is a front back okay, two-seater. Perfect. I want one so bad. They are very super neato. Yeah, they're really cool. The whole body like twists like and a moped. And they're because they weigh nothing. And they have Lambo doors. Scissor doors. No one else has scissor doors? Lamborghinis. Yep. <laughs> and a Chrysler 300. So um, I spent a lot of time in Hagrid. It's one of my favorite blogs outside of Japanese nostalgic art. Yeah, they're very good uh, writers. Yeah, it was kind of a little bit of uh, self-promotion. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. But um, Hagrid has a very, very cool article where they're basically saying Corvettes are V8, C4 Corvettes are V8 sports car fun on the cheap. Yep. Haggerty agrees. <laughs> Haggerty is literally like one of the most foremost names in classic car collecting. Yep. And they're saying what I've been saying. Best Corvette is cheapest Corvette. Yep. Yeah. That well, is except really... for the C3s. C3s are dumb, but... They're more C4s expensive than so C4s. Cool. They are now? Yes. Oh, man. Because, like, old dads are just, like, really nostalgic for garbage. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess millennials are, too, because we drank so But they're, they're also plugging facelift C4s, which are the ones I want. Yeah, well, this, the facelift ones are the ones that are better, but the yeah. thing is, I don't care. I know. Because um, C4 Corvette is C4 Corvette. I really like C4s. In fact, I've been... You've been looking for one, too? Tell, no, don't tell anyone, but I've been looking at ZR1s. Facelift ZR1s. I, just, I don't want a ZR1. I just want a stupid one. That's fine. Get like an early 4 plus 3 Doug Nash or even an auto. Just yeah. like get, get Don't a, care. Get it's... an 84 nasty, nasty, ratty, terrible Corvette. It, I, I have it. one purpose for my Corvette. V8. V8 noises and burnouts. That's all I want it for. I'm going to go through so many really crappy tires. I'm good. It's going to only have Rike and Raptors on it. Let's <laughs> <laughs> hook up surprisingly well. I all, right, I guess, all right, fine. Uh, Iron Man eye moves. <laughs> <laughs> but people are like, Ryan. No, 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 no. I, I got to go. I should read the brand off the tires on the Murcielago. Do it. Go do it real go quick. Do it. I'll, I'll find something to talk about okay. and that's in the meantime. But no, I really want to get a... I see that, yeah. Oh. I want to get one. I want. I don't. It can be a Doug Nash four plus three minus three, which is what I call it. Doug Nash four plus three when the other three break, um, and then I'll still have a perfectly fine four speed, and it'll be great because it's got a digital dashboard. Maybe I'll get it in blue, and I'll have the same car that Face had in the A team. It doesn't matter to me. What what brand? L E X A N I Lexani. Wait, Lexani tires. Lexani, Lex, it, so Jenna Jameson had Lexani tires on her car? Yep. The, well, I think these, these wheels were put on after she owned it. So the, those those tires are, like, literally, like, cheap. Those wheels are, like, big donk wheel. Like it not doesn't have Lexani wheels. I know, but those those Lexani wheels are, like, donk wheels, yep. not known for Correct. quality, but they they're really fancy. They are my ride wheels. Yeah, pimp my ride wheels. That's terrifying. That is Lexani tires. I wouldn't trust that. No, and also I think that the sizing is so far off, even though the, the actual numbers say it should be right, that the ABS doesn't work in that car. That's oh. hilarious. Because the margin is so far off. That's really funny. So, yeah, don't buy Lexani tires. Don't buy Iron Man Iron Ball. Iron Man eye moves. Yeah, no, they yeah. they they crack in half, like down to the <laughs> core. Like, I don't care, though, because they're not going to make it. If I have a single tire in this car, that makes it more... Then like one oil change interval, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> it means I'm not doing my job. Oh my god! It, but, but thank goodness you do do your job. Yeah, it, it, it's one of those, it, you know maybe one of these. If, if I you find like one, your job, you're gonna do it well. Exactly, and, and this is a car that's gonna do it well. That's true. Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know who else does their job really well? Who? McLaren. Oh. Actually, typically I would say they don't in their naming department because 
they 570s, do it, no, they do it too well. LT. No, they do it too well because they're just like so by the book you can't even pay attention. It's just so dry, but like I don't like that. That's but, what doing your job well is—is is dry. No, but it's not. You see, not in my opinion, because this new car that we talked about, that Speed Tail. Yes. Guess what they codenamed their latest prototype? The XD2500. No, it's S. not. It's not like the F1 at all, where they call it like the XL1 or whatever. That no, no, was. no. It's gonna be. They want to go 221 miles per hour. So uh, X for experiment, McLaren M Speedtail S, XMS 211. You would think like XP 221 or something like that. Yeah, XP, XMS 221. Not, a, not at all. It's Albert. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're calling it Albert. They literally named it. <laughs> they named it Albert. I'll pull up the story so you know. Who did not... they name it after? I don't know. Did they just name it Albert? I don't, I'm sure it's I, named after somebody. I but... hope they just named it Albert. That'd be perfect if it's just. What's the name of your car, Albert? <laughs> oh, is this the XP two twenty one? Nope. This is called the Albert. No, this is just called Albert, not the Albert. It is just Fine. Albert. Albert. I don't actually. I didn't read the article, but I, I maybe saw they that. were fan top gear and they're trying to, you know, like be along the same lines as Jeff. Yeah, I, I don't think it has any good history behind it. Oh, it. Uh, Noble Motorsports Ultima GT3 chassis produced by McLaren back in the day to serve as development. Other one was known as Edward. <laughs> Edward. <laughs> they were literally just named normal people names. Wow. I mean, those the crazy. earlier prototype cars must have been named after people, but this particular car is not named after it's anybody. It's named Albert. Albert. <laughs> so props to you, McLaren, for not calling it the XP 221S. Jana, this must be like your new favorite car company because now did they make the Hello Kitty race car? They also made an Albert. Somebody found a lot of psychotropic drugs at McLaren just now, I think. No, not even. There's just like a guy like me that's like in charge of it that really like Top Gear. I guess. <laughs> the Jeff. <laughs> no, just Jeff. Fine. Like, you don't call the car the. Like, I don't call Jana's Accord the Ron. It's just named Ron. Right, but it, it is an Accord, and I would call it the Accord if I was yeah. referencing it. Yeah, but if you're referencing that particular one, you would call it <sighs> Fine. Ron. Move on. Let's get to the topic you really want to Albert. talk about. Um, oh, wait. We did that last we episode. We did that last time. However, want to talk about it again? Uh no. Okay, fine. Because people should be listening to our episodes and series. That's true. And they should also be subscribing to our Patreon as well. Uh, our so Patreon they can feed us gives, more topics. Our Patreon is the way for you to communicate with us directly. Well, it's a way for you to actually get what you want to hear directly. about. Yes. Directly to us. Otherwise, we're going to keep talking directly. about Albert and whatever Corey said was boring, but Corey isn't a Patreon subscriber, so I don't care what he wants. Stupid Corey not He's being a, a sex Patreon tourist. Patron. Anyway, um, fine. I'm going to talk about interesting engineering again then. Okay. Since we skipped it, like for most of the rest of the history. Yes, you, you you do that. I'm gonna brainstorm um, some elephant swaps. Sounds good. So last week we talked about EVSEs. This yes. week I want to talk about automotive batteries, and I don't mean EV batteries because I know you guys have had enough of me spouting about EVs the last oh, thank few God, episodes. You're done with that. I'm not done with it because I love EVs. Temporarily but done with it. I want to talk about the starting battery in your car. So y'all have one. And yes, I did just say yeah. Yes, it's true. Yee yee. <laughs> so I want to talk about the types of battery first. So before anything else, the most C4 Corvette. Health and swap. Be a great swap, but All right, continue. you have to do an early one before it's transaxle. <sighs> most cars have wet lead acid batteries. Six plastic chambers with a bunch of lead in each one of them, and then water that's got acid in it. Between there, battery acid, yeah, yeah, it's sulfuric acid and distilled water. Between that, there's an electrolytic charge, and it passes protons back and forth between the plates as it charges and discharges. These things are really low tech, really heavy, but really good with uh, temperature, and they're really good with um, uh, longevity. Like typically, a battery, if it's treated pretty well, lasts a decade. They can, yes, which is awesome. That's a ton of charge cycles. But, but standard is closer to about four years. But yeah, in Minnesota, it's like three or four years for your yep. your normal boob. It'll be four years. But you know? the downside is again, they're really heavy. Yeah. Another, they have to be vertical, and they don't like vibration. So like, they're really not good for off road applications. They're really not good for anything portable. They're not good if you roll over in your car, for instance. That'd be bad. It's bad. So it's in upside down. To it's that. upside down and heavily shaken. Right. So everything you don't earlier want. on, in the performance division for racing, they developed gel cell batteries. Yeah, AGMs. No. No? No. Gel cells are actually different. Gel cells are what Optimas are. 
Oh, that's not AGM. No, um, it's a little different. So it's kind of the same principle, but a gel cell is your electrolyte. So it's your lead wrapped up in like a coil or something like that. Yeah. And instead of having an impregnated fiberglass or something like that wrapped around it with battery acid, which is what an AGM is. Oh, okay. These are actually like a jelly that has acid in it that's put in there too. Oh, okay, yeah. So both AGM and gel batteries are, you can use them at any orientation. They're really good with vibration resistance and they typically last a little bit longer just because there's always contact between your yeah. electrolyte and your plates. So you'll see that a lot on race cars and stuff like that or off-road applications or cars that flip over often. You know, it happens all the time to you yes. and I. Yes, all, constantly. I'm trying to think of a car that's <laughs> very common. Uh, Ford Explorers. <clears throat> yeah, especially in the 90s with the Firestone tires. Yep, Ford Explorers. Those oh. should have had AGM batteries that didn't. Um, but, I mean, those, those operate on the same principle. Power in, power out. They're really good at like constant oh, discharge oh, and charge. Um, Cody Appetime Subarus. He's, he rolls over those fairly commonly. <laughs> anyway, continue. Um, oh my god, <laughs> um, I'm losing my train of thought here. Okay, fine. Uh, and then uh, lithium, lithium ion. These are much, much, much newer technology for cars. The lithium battery has been around since the late '60s, but um, they're getting more and more common as car starter batteries, and that's kind of an issue, but kind of not. So the benefit of these things is they carry all the nice qualities of an AGM, but they make them super light, super compact, and they can output a ton more power. And typically they last longer too. The downside is they're really not receptive to low and high charge states, and also they're really picky about the voltage they receive. So if you have a lithium-based auto vehicle battery and you just put it willy-nilly into your mid-90s Toyota, you need to make sure you have a really high-quality one because if you overcharge it, you're going to cook all that lithium out of the battery and it just won't work anymore because these things like to be within a really specific voltage range. And if you let it die, you're done. I mean, there's you no, there's you no, can't let it die. There's no bringing then, it back. <clears throat> so they're good for power sports, but and just that, because if you let die much. or if you if you have a bad voltage regulator, you're done. Oh, dude, yeah. If you if you let a 12 volt lithium battery see 15 volts one time, <laughs> you might have a fire on your hands. Yeah, like a big one. <clears throat> that's not so, something I would want. That's not good. <clears throat> and I mean, there's a couple other battery techs in the middle there that weren't really used for cars, like nickel cadmium and nickel metal hydride, which are a little more similar to a lithium and how they're composed. Well, nickel metal hydride were that was used in like, early hybrid batteries, yep, like uh, correct. the first the generation Insight, Insight and Prius. Yeah. Prius, yep. And those, it, it's a lot better energy density than a uh, a lead acid, and yeah. it's a lot lighter weight. But they also have charge memory, which means you have to drop them all the way down and charge them all the way up. They do not like mid-cycle charging like lithiums do, and also. They really didn't last that long, and the energy density wasn't that great. No. Nickel metal hydride was just an improvement, kind of a mid-step between nickel cadmium and nickel uh, lithium. Same kind of charging. Um, but lithium batteries are awesome. I mean, as far as electric vehicles are concerned, where you have a, a vehicle built around maintaining it properly and you know keeping it within its healthy, happy range... They're a win-win right now. Um, the, the compounds that they use inside these things have changed a ton since the 1960s when they were released. They used to be pure like lithium paste jammed between these perforated metal screens. Now they're using a lot cheaper. Did the, What were they originally designed for? The computer industry? Space. Or, or space? Yeah. Mm, that, okay. Apollo. That makes sense. Yep. So, yeah, when there's a bunch of funding behind it, people make really good things. Really Weird. good things. Weird. But, I mean, like a lithium battery back then and one now is, you know, obviously completely different. Um, and they, they've revised the compound a lot. They've revised the metals in them. They've revised how they pack it. The perforations in the screen change, like, vary in size now. Mm. Every four years now, lithium batteries get 20% more capacious. And oh, that's more, a pretty Moore's conservative. Law. Yeah. It's, it's conservative version of Moore's Law, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, you could apply it to this for sure. Um, but they're they're also using cheaper materials that are more recyclable. So instead of pure lithium, now they use like uh, nickel and cobalt. More often than not, it's cobalt now, which is really really ubiquitous. Um, iron phosphate that's not as common. Uh, it's way better for uh, acceptab- accepting longer uh, numbers of charge cycles, but it doesn't output as much power. And then also, uh, just thinking, I know, you know, with tariffs and stuff. Yeah. Iron, phosphate, very common. That, that, that cuts down the heavy metals Well, phosphorus, yeah. Iron and phosphorus is, yeah. is pretty good. So, I mean, if you have something where it's like a really long-range EV that's not very powerful, that might be an 
awesome chemistry for you to use. Yeah. But it might have like bad cold weather characteristics. I don't really know. And I've never actually heard of lithium titanate. Tit- uh, yeah, titanate. Yeah. So that was part of the the uh, the Patreon topic, but I'm not going to cover that because I don't know anything about it. And then I, I want to talk about um, solid state batteries. Oh, like zinc air and stuff like that? Yeah. So these are transistor-based batteries. I don't really understand how they're going to miniaturize these and make them profitable, but I bet they will. They, these these batteries do exist now. Uh, the proof of concept is there, but I don't think we're going to see them for a little while. Oh, though. oh, oh. The lithium titanate battery is used in the iMyav. Oh, really? Yeah. The Mitsubishi is it a, one. Is it a prismatic pouch or a... Uh, I, I don't know yet. I'm okay. still looking it up. If you find a photo of the battery in the iMyav, I'd be curious to see it. Maybe yeah, absolutely. I, I will. Um, but yeah, no, continue on uh, talking about future batteries, please. So, yep, solid state's going to be the next big thing because it'll make them really, really light. And it'll make them really, really powerful. And it'll also make them have no charge memory, uh, pretty much unlimited power output. I mean, you could like, instantly discharge them, basically, well, nearly, like a capacitor. Which is super cool. The IMEV uses prismatic batteries, so that's okay. an interesting style. That's a lot like the Fiat, although I think those are lithium nickel cobalt. Um, so that'll, you know, that'll be interesting to so see. So this is uh, the reason. This is lithium titanate. It's faster to charge and safer than uh, lithium than the um, interesting uh, than the one that they use now in most things. Cobalt. Yeah, uh, cobalt. Yeah, thank you. Um, they're also being adapted to mobile batteries. Um, so let's see here. It's, That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's nano uses uh, lithium titanate nanocrystals and set carbon on the surface for its anode. I'm just reading the Wikipedia. So sure. I, I know nothing about this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. So these actually um, they last like three thousand to seven thousand charge cycles, which is That's pretty good. Yeah, really good. Um, it's also used in the Honda Fit EV and the EV Neo um, electric bike that Honda's uh, prototyping. So that's actually really cool. Um, I mean, these are all really good aspiring technologies, and they all have different pros and cons. Every like lithium compound battery has a like is, is stuff it's really good at and stuff it's really bad at. So clearly, Mitsubishi thought that the Titanate is the best. Yeah, no. I don't really know, but the future is solid state batteries. Once they get those things cost effective, miniaturized, and get the capacity there for mass production, that's the future for batteries for sure. And they're also putting it into the uh, Mitsubishi Mini Cab KEV van, which is Jana. How cute is that? Very cute. Very very cute. So it's a Mitsubishi KEV. Uh, no, in no, a Mini Cab. Mayev. It's a small van. It's quite cute. It kind of looks like a really tiny Eurovan. Oh, that is adorable. I can pull it up in the street. Yeah, so that, that's, a, that's a, a cute van. I like that. Is it a K-car? Yeah, it's a K-van, yep. The Aww. mini cabs always were uh, K-vans. That's very adorable. I highly recommend it. I love how every K, everything is a 1960s vehicle with like new headlights stapled onto it. <laughs> um, this is actually, yeah, most of them are really conservative. Uh, however, uh, yeah, we got some time. I can... I can Fallen down this rabbit hole for a second. Sure. Um, <laughs> let me look up what the exact. Because yeah, most of them kind of look like that. They're very conservative with their design, and it's because the well, Japanese. Japan's pretty conservative. Yeah, their, it, their it's culture. a very. It's very much a representation of Japanese style. Actually, um, I mean, young people in Japan don't even like to do sex. No, they they do. Uh, not China, what China, China's the one that's worse. I think it's no, Japan Jap- too. Japanese Japan. people are are they're just too busy. Like they're too busy, like having to go to work and stuff. How can you be that busy? Um, have you ever been to Japan? No. Everybody like, there is I, always I overworked. They have like they're all overworked. Twelve-hour workdays. Yeah, yeah I it's would really kill myself. bad. Oh, is that why the that's why their suicide, suicide rate is like super through high? the roof as okay, well? Yeah. Cool. Um, look up <clears> the L forty Suzuki Carry van. So this one was um. This it was designed by Giorgetto Gisharo, of course. Oh, for good! That thing is just as probably more aerodynamic in reverse. I like that. One. Isn't that it cute? That looks like a Morris <laughs> Marina that just like morphed into a really this tall. This is what Colt. the Morris Marina, 
does after it drops piano. It gets a piano dropped on it. Yeah, if you no, crush I mean, them. after it gets rear-ended. Yeah, when it gets sandwiched, sandwiched between... Sandwiched by two pianos. Du- if it yes. gets sandwiched by double-decker buses. <laughs> um, it's if it got the same wheel covers. This is actually one of the worst-selling K cars ever because it wasn't a perfect square, and people didn't know what to do with it. But uh, now they're, like, the most collectible. Oh, my God. But uh, no, every, most of them, you're right, like, look like that. Because if you look at what the L50 looked like, it went right back to being a perfect square. It's very strange. But um, no, they're, they're really, really cool how they, how they do that. And um, I think it's not terribly attractive. I don't know. I like it. I'm it, not saying it's not cool, because like, it is, but it's not terribly attractive. I think it's attractive. Okay. But I mean, like... It takes a mother's love. Yeah, it re- really does. And... Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I see where you're coming from with not wanting to like it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. So just so you can see kind of how long these last. So the fifth generation and sixth generation were 1972 to 1979. Dude, this uh, is way off in the weeds. Yeah, I know. But the fifth and sixth generation were almost completely indiscernible with the difference of a slightly different grill. But like they're indiscernible to a point where the parts are interchangeable. That's why they will all look like this. And all ever, new. Yeah. But ever since the L40 carry, mm-hmm. ev- it, like historically with these K pickups and K vans, mm-hmm. they've been super by the book because they're, it's been like an act of fear. Because right before this came out, they did this because Honda came out with a Life Step van, sure. which looked totally different and sold super well. But like, no, this like scared the shit out of all the manufacturers. <laughs> they're like, nope, nope, we're not doing anything special nope. anymore. We're doing squares Boxes. and we're doing hot dogs and that's it. Like, <laughs> like it, it's it, we're not doing anything special anymore. So <laughs> that's exactly where this came from. So there you go. Now you got you got a bogo of interesting engineering on this episode. Sure. Yeah, bogo. Great. <laughs> it was my it, life is complete now. Thank you, Ryan. You now know all about <sighs> about Japanese cave vans. My favorite topic. I already knew way more about K-Cars than I ever cared to know. <laughs> now you know even more. And next week, we'll be talking about the Bedford Rascal. <laughs> Please no. Please no. I don't want to talk about that. This, this is what it's like every day for me, Burger. Yeah, I know. I, I, you're a saint, basically. I, I don't understand it. But... Anyway, Looks like on that bombshell. John Hari said we are that's, why they put, that's why they put gnats outside of the buildings in Japan. Oh, do they? Apparently. There's another bomb show, much more depressing one. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Should have done that.